Welcome to another edition of the Oscar Central Podcast. My name is Jacob, and I am an acorn. Um, I am a host. And today, we are going to be talking about the tech and feature categories. We only have two weeks left until the actual Oscars come along. Um, And we have a lovely panel here of everyone except for Nicole, who is still gallivanting around uh, Los Angeles, apparently. Um, I will start with Adriano. How are you doing? I'm doing swell. Just went to church today, made sure Brendan Fraser wins tonight. (laughs) Did it, doing everything I can. I need this this for my sanity. And Kenzie, how are you? I'm good. I'm tired. I'm, I'm... Excited that SAG is going to be on YouTube as we're recording a little bit before it starts. And um, it's so cool to not sign up for some free trial of some bullshit thing I'll never use again. Um, So thank you, Netflix. Thank you. And Jillian, how are you? I'm great. I go to workout class in this morning and had the official Academy Award drinks at the Academy Museum yesterday. And me and Kinsey have seven more to go. So we have to bring <laughs> six of our closest friends so we can order the rest of the menu and excited. Only if you like gin, apparently. So if you're in the Los Angeles area, not a psychopath and you like gin, submit your application. If you want to help us with our cause. Before the Oscars. If you like licorice flavored liquor with olive oil, um, please let me know. <laughs> um, and Lex, how are you? I'm good. Um, I realize that yes, in two weeks is the Oscars, but I'm going to be completely real. I'm a bit more excited that in two weeks I will be singing Sweeney Todd on Broadway with Love of My Life, Josh Groban, a Sweeney Todd. I've, it's all I've been able to think about for six months, but particularly today. I can't believe that's finally coming up. I feel like you got the tickets so long ago. I got the tickets so, so long ago. Like I was, I remember the day so clearly. I was in a Starbucks parking lot. I wept and it was September that I got those tickets. The day they went on sale. Well, uh, you can kick it off. What have you been seeing this week? So I watched Sweeney Todd. I'm kidding. Um, I mean, I did watch that. <laughs> um, in terms of Oscar films, uh, I watched uh, Novani. Um, I had not. So I'm, tr- I'm actually amazed at how close I am to seeing all the Oscar nominated films, um, which, you know, someone who's on something called Oscar Central, that might be like, yeah, duh. But it's a big deal for me. Big moment. Um, I watched Novani. Um, it was I'm still rooting for Fire Love. I feel like it's going to take it for, from Fire of Love, but I will say there is a scene with like the most insane phone call that you will ever witness in your entire existence. Um, it's worth watching it for that alone, even though like it's a bit of a complicated subject. Um, and I also watched Tell It Like a Woman um, for Best Original Song. And, you know, I think the fact that that song really has nothing to do with anything at all kind of sets the tone for the rest of the film. Broke my heart, though, because um, Catherine Hardwick, you know, directed Twilight. And so for that, I owe her my life. Um, But this was just not it. Did not particularly care for that one. Um, And then I saw a few other things that I can't talk about just yet. But um, yeah, those were the big two that I saw this week was Novani and uh, Tell It Like a Woman. Jillian, what have you been seeing? 
Um, I feel like I've been doing like a lot of TV recently. Um, I'm also, I have a screener for Emily and I started it, but my screener expired. So I'm trying to get another one to watch it again, to finish it. So that'll be my first like movie and not my first movie of 2023 because I've seen a few, but I just feel like it's the first exciting release that I'll see. Um, I just watched the first episode of the new season of Party Down because it came back and I'm so happy that that show is back. They just finished It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, so I've only seen like separate episodes, but not the entire thing. Um, and then I've been catching up on The Real Housewives of Miami season five, which is like some of the best television on right now. Um, and I think I've just been like going through all the Oscar shorts so I can accurately predict. But yeah, a lot of TV, which I feel like is rare for me because I have not been a TV person in a while. Kinsey, what about you? I haven't really been watching that much this week because I live in LA and everyone came here for the HCA awards. So I've been quite busy, not attending them, but just um, entertaining everyone when they're not there. Um, but I did watch the first two episodes of Daisy Jones. So I'm in my TV era and um, I need every single episode injected into my eyeballs so I can see them, the, the show constantly. Um, Riley Keogh, if you're watching this, um, I know you're married, but please, do you, do you want me. to be? <laughs> <laughs> Is there like a loophole if you are with um someone of like the opposite gender of your partner? Yeah, no, um, just just let me know. There's something really like I don't want to say meta, but I guess meta about her playing us like someone so it's famous a- as a singer. Um. It's a but, rare time where I'm like, this is where nepotism works. works. Yeah, it's like Elvis Presley's granddaughter playing not like just any rock star, but Daisy Jones. Yes, there's is chef's kiss. If you're listening and you're because we're recording this on Sunday, the show comes out on Friday on Amazon Prime. Like there was no better casting option than her. And I really think everyone in the cast Um, and I've only seen two episodes, but just like what a show and like I need the rest of it so I feel pretty good that's all I've really watched this week and I rewatched my year of dicks the animated short contender which is now streaming on Hulu it is just as someone who is not a coming of age person like I don't know there's something so great about the way that story is told and the animation style is so cool like I was talking to Jillian about it last night and it's like the rotoscope is so great, but it's also like just the different formats of animation she uses is so cool. And um, I don't know, I really love that short. And I know that the Apple, the boy, whatever, has the best shot. But um, My Year of Dicks, not just a funny title, a great, 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 like great short. Like, please watch it. It's on Hulu and you can watch it online if you don't have Hulu. The link is on our website. So check it out uh adriano what have you been watching uh not the in terms of movies not that much this week uh i did watch champions which i'm not technically allowed to talk about yet publicly at least but just look at look at the screen (laughs) um uh, i did watch cocaine bear which i'm 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 a little mixed on uh you know i love the show with the bear but everything in between i just stopped having fun um 
in terms of TV, I continue watching The Crown and also getting some rewatches of Ted Lasso and The Mandalorian in preparation for the new season. Same with Succession. Um, and on Friday, I watched all the live action shorts and all the animated short nominations. I still got to wait on the documentary shorts because I emailed a guy for a link to um, how to measure a year and I didn't watch it. I forgot about it. But in terms of the shorts, I won't go through all of them. But for live action, the worst one is by far Night Ride. It's kind of just nothing. Um, it like it has this one setup, and then it just does this whole like it goes in a completely different direction that just is not interesting. Um, and the best is far and away the Red Suitcase, which is so so like it, it. Once you realize what it is, you're just so like into like you're hooked like and you're like completely like you're not going away from this thing also an irish goodbye is really sweet as for animated i also i also really like my year of dicks uh, the short film um and ice merchants is borderline perfect it like uses all like no dialogue it's all colors and like weird animation to like tell this story and it winds up giving you like a really heartbreaking revelation and that just decks you when you least expect it and the worst one is the flying sailor, which is just nothing, which is genuinely just nothing. Just a guy flying through the air with his, you know, fucking floppy wiener exposed. <laughs> That's all it is. It's just a guy flying through the air. Nothing happens. Flying dicks. Flying my year of flying dicks. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Uh, for me, I saw Creed 3 and Cocaine Bear, and um, I've been watching TV. And I have had an Olipop a day since last podcast. Um, so, the way to summon me is to just say Olipop once. You don't yeah. even have to say it three times, just once. Okay, so if you're listening, you get a preview of this. But Lex had the brilliant idea of recommending an Olipop for every Best Picture contender. We will be tweeting this later on. But Lex, I feel like you should give our listeners... Before we dive into the topics, your recommendations of Olipop flavors per Best Picture nominee. Like my, like, say the list that I came up with? Yes, because it's brilliant. I will Um, admit that I had help on this. I'm not taking all the credit, but um, where is my list? I will share it now. Listening exclusive here, folks. Okay. Um, so all quiet on the what I have to also say some of these I had reasons for, we had reasons for some reason some of these they it was just going off vibes. So <laughs> if you don't understand, don't ask. I don't know. <laughs> so all quiet on the western front is Dr. Goodwin, because everybody in that movie needs a doctor. Um Top Gun Maverick is vintage cola because it's all American and not quite the original, but you know what, you know what's the intent is. Um, Elvis is cherry cola because it's classic. Well, Avatar it gives the vibes. It, it gives the vibes. You know the the nineteen fifties cherry red lipstick, cherry cola goes to Elvis. Um, Avatar: The Way of Water is orange, just because. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once is grape again, just because. Tar is lemon ginger because, and I say this with all the love in the world, uh, it's the most pretentious flavor. Um, <laughs> women talking is strawberry vanilla um, because I really like it, but also I tried one and 
needed to prepare myself before I drank it again. Um, the Fableman's is cream soda because like okay just picture this just picture this sammy Fableman would be like oh what a hard day runs <laughs> to the fridge he's like I'm gonna crack open exactly a what i thought it's a cream soda <laughs> that is exactly what i thought it's the last scene where he's in that apartment in la with his dad and instead of his dad making him a cup of tea when he's having a panic attack his dad hands him a cream soda olipop um triangle of sadness is tropical punch for i think obvious reasons and then Banshees of Sharon is root beer because it's like Guinness, but not really. I think this is great. And I think that one, Olipop should sponsor us. And two, we put more thought into this than the Academy one. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Um, and so that has been Olipop talk of this podcast. Uh, Oli talk. Ollie but talk. Ollie talk. It was right in front of you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Our new um, every episode. Lex every episode until they uh, until they sponsor us. Until they start suing. <laughs> if we got sued by Olipop, I'd literally cry. Because I want uh, them to love me. Um, yeah. Anyway, getting back to the Oscars. The PGA Awards were last night. Um, Navalny won Outstanding Producer of Documentary, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio won Outstanding Producer of Animated, and Everything Everywhere All at Once won Outstanding Producer of a Feature. Does anyone have any thoughts on these winners? Tons. <laughs> well, okay, well, P- Pinocchio, well, yeah, no shit. Um, uh, Navalny, I think that kind of can well, not confirmed as like they has in the bag at least, but like it definitely confirms what the front runner is. Um, sorry, Lex, I guess who's scowling at the. I, was, I wasn't scowling at you. I was scowling at the accuracy of your statement. Oh, uh, so so at me. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, uh, it's fine. Um, and so everything everyone's obviously the big one. Um, I mean, I don't. At this rate. If it wins SAG Ensemble tonight, which is looking very likely, um, and already won DGA, and it's, I mean, it's going to win WGA. At that rate, that's a straight-up guild sweep. And at that rate, like, how do you bet against it for Best Picture? Like, 12 Years a Slave didn't even do that. No Man Land didn't do that. Like, the last one that did that was Argo. And honestly, I'm kind of struggling to find out, like, I guess all quiet in the way, like, Banshee's of Sharon is not winning Best Picture. Like, that that ship has sailed, I feel like. Because, um, like, unless, because, like, what, you need momentum to win, and Banshee's just kind of been kneecapped a little. And all quiet in the Western Front, I guess, is number two, but, like, that doesn't really have much more time to, ga- to gain it. Um, and everything ever wants is just kind of going to continue winning. That's so. a really good point because it's like everything everywhere can only continue to rise up in stock, whereas like all quiet does not have a chance because like it's, it's not even yeah, like it's not even like at any of the writers guilds or like USC scripter or anything. Like, you know, it's like it like it has no other chance. Like its biggest chance is like Netflix just pushing it more, which like it unless can you only do so ace, much. Unless, unless but it's like the ace can be something. Yeah. <laughs> Which and everything ever like, wants is also gonna win. Very true. And I just feel like everything everywhere, like 
there's a new billboard in LA that I have not seen, but like I've never seen A24 put up a billboard in LA other than like joke ones. So like obviously not jokes, but like not campaigning wise. Mm-hmm. So like an FYC billboard from them is pretty wild, I will say, after 13 years of living here. Um but I just think that like it's like you're saying, like it can only continue to rise. And the other thing is like all quiet. I I would personally nominate the performances, but they are not nominated. And the they are not they're not um like well-known figures, and neither is the director. So like they're not out there and they're not mm. like doing much. And they're not people that like create a buzz around them. Whereas like everything everywhere, it's like like even Stephanie Shu, who's like a newcomer in this in like aspect of acting, he's out there. Like they're all out there, but everyone wants to see them, and like everyone wants to be around Michelle Yeoh, Kehu Kwan, Jamie Lee Curtis. Like it's very, yeah, it's very different. Um, so I feel like with all this guild support, with all the critic support, it has box office support. Like it's like I feel like if you're rooting against it at this point like you're saying something else like yeah. not even rooting against it if you're not like predicting it it's like what are you doing at this point i, I don't like, want to say it's done off for obvious reasons yeah but what i but, can't like but right now it feels like a just, horse race. like because it, everyone it, kept saying like and myself included i wanted to wait to see how the industry responded versus just like critics but it's like the industry responded overwhelmingly like like overwhelmingly the BAFTA that wasn't in love with it they still like well in terms of wins they still gave it editing like yeah they still like, gave it, so like, for big. me BAFTA was the one place I always thought it was gonna have like its weakest show of hands and like I get it like they have the biggest overlap but like it's not it's not the end all that like people are saying it is like it's there are it's so funny because it's like people don't understand like using like austin butler's win at bafta as like a wow he could like he's really going for the oscar now because like he wasn't predicted there but like everything everywhere not performing well there like literally doesn't mean anything to me like i did not think it was ever going to perform well there like all that mattered for everything everywhere was like the big guilds and it winning pga and dga is like okay mm-hmm. it's happening you guys need to figure it out like I feel like the people that are doubting it and like using BAFTA as an example are just like, I don't know. It feels really stretching, you know? Yeah, it's a real stretch. (laughs) Like, it's like it was never going to win everything there. Like, it was never winning picture there. The best thing that ever happened to it was it, Banshee's not winning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, Banshee's not winning and it being all quiet is literally like so great for everything everywhere. And yeah, it sucks it didn't win, but like it doesn't mean anything. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't mean anything. Like and Kei Kwan, I really thought he was gonna lose the globe for some reason. I thought like if he was gonna lose anything, he would have lost the globe. So him losing at BAFTA means literally nothing to me, other than what me and Nicole Obje- always thought. Objectively speaking, Barry's not winning the Oscar. Yeah, like it's just like Barry always felt like number two to me and Nicole, and like I just feel like it's nice he got to win somewhere, but that was the end of the road. Like, mm-hmm. Kei Kwan's like, in my mind, we're still going to call him the sweeper. It's fine. It's fine. 
Um, um, but we talked about Navalny uh, winning the documentary. And so I'll kick it off with Lex. When it comes to the documentary Oscar, what is your five right now? Um, Great question. I believe I have, and I should start pulling up the Oscar board when we talk about these um, so that I'm prepared. Um, I'm stalling. I'm currently drinking an orange Olipop. Uh, so not am sponsored I. Yet. Wonderful. Um, time for an Olipop break. Message from our hopeful sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Olipop. All right, moving on. Um, my five. I was right. I do, in fact, have Navalny as number one. I have Fire Love as number two. All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, number three. House Made of Splinters, four. And All the Braves, 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 five. Um, I do. I can't speak today. And that's not Olipop's fault. Olipop commits no sense. <laughs> uh, Navalny, here's the thing. I think. I think it's going to go to either Navalny or Fire or Love. I know it's it's weird because I feel like when the nominations were coming out, I refused when we did our predictions to take Fire of Love out. And everybody told me, they're like, no, 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 no. Fire of Love is going to be uh, the one that is the audience favorite that gets snubbed and everyone's going to be upset about it. And I, I had hope. And um, I was right, it got nominated, but ironically, I think it is maybe not the front runner, but it is probably the second slot um, right now. I think it's going to end up going to one of the two, um, but at the end of the day, I do think just the nature of kind of where we are in the world right now, I think Navalny is ultimately going to take it, if nothing else. Um due to the kind of political climate we're in, but it wouldn't shock me. And heaven knows I would not be upset if Fire Love kind of swooped in and ended up taking it for the win. Tears would be shed and I would never be happier to be wrong, but. Yeah. The Who else has Navalny as the winner right now? I also do just post PGA because I felt like it was always going to win BAFTA. Um, but the PGA is just um a bit strong. And I feel like uh I don't think people vote like this, but like the timing of Joe Biden visiting mm-hmm. Ukraine is something to pay attention to because it will like put this doc kind of like like I already know Netflix is like pushed it to the front again. It's like I think that like it resurfaces, but I do think. A House of Splinters is right there if we are wanting to push a documentary for the subject matter. I am going to see Fire of Love in IMAX with Sarah Dosa. You can read her interview with Lex on our site now. Um, but I'm seeing it on Tuesday and they emailed asking people to not come because the RSVP list was too many people. So maybe that's a great sign. Um, you know what? They should have had a Fire of Love drink. Like Wait, they should have get some fire whiskey. The drinks for the documentaries. Literally. Um where's the but... close drink? I want that one. <laughs> where's the tell it like a woman drink? <laughs> where's the puss and boost drink? Where's the Andrea Riseborough drink? <laughs> Wait, they should have had a we, you could have had a fun turning red drink. It could be like one of those that you know, like it's got like the little 
shot in it and you tip it and then it oh, could I was talking about this it I could be like some that. vodka because that's clear and then it's got a little shot of grenadine i was this might the whale drink we don't want oh my that. gosh you I put gummy whales it in floated them? into obscenity <laughs> i'm quitting my job as a lawyer to become a mixologist <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i moved navalny up but i do think fire of love is number two and it's so funny. I do feel like a housemate of splinters is just last, which is so unfortunate. But I do think something that works really hard in its favor is it's very difficult to see for normal people. Like mm-hmm. it's not like the easy one on this list. Um, and it was like the least name recognition on the list. Um, but it just sucks because I feel like all that breeze would be a really great win and be very timely and just like very important to a cause that is like going to affect us all and is very dire but i don't think that's gonna happen i do think that all the beauty in the bloodshed is like in the conversation but has no shot at this point i feel like the the conversation around it just ceased to exist Mm -hmm. but i will say everybody said at the academy luncheon that uh laura portrius got the like some of the biggest applause when they said her name which is cool but i think that people are like the like it's very rare for someone to win the doc um oscar twice and she already has one so i think that it kind of like paused the conversation a bit they're looking for someone new but i think fire of love like maybe neon can pull it off somehow over netflix like netflix is obviously very powerful in this category but i don't know just like do something yeah no, I agree. Um, I have Fire Love one, but I think you're right. It's a one two. Um, for animated, we can go with Jillian. What is your top five for animated? Um, for some reason, I haven't changed mine, and I still have Puss in Boots at number one. But I don't think that's gonna happen. Sadly, a tragedy. Um, but it's okay because it is one of the top grossing films of 2022 and it made the letterbox 250 list of narr- narrative films and mm-hmm. it keeps climbing the charts. So I think we're the real winners here and we're also getting track five. So we don't need the Oscar. Um, so I'm going to move that to two. But my first would be Pinocchio. Then I would have Puss in Boots. Then I would have Marcel the the Shell with shoes on because I wasn't really a Jenny Slate fan. Um, And then she was at the HCA Awards and she kept winning. And then I really, I understood it then. And I was like, maybe it hits a chord with someone. Um, And then I would have Turning Red. And then I would have the Sea Beast, which I still, Still haven't seen. I keep getting things for it, but I really think it's just it's Guillermo del Toro because everyone knows who he is. Like it swept everything. Like I don't see them like going crazy and picking something else. Yeah, uh, which Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio just won the Annie for best feature. Um, which I, I I can't think of anything off the top of my head that it hasn't won. Uh, it's like it one truly... everything it'll be one of two possible sweepers mm-hmm. for the season which is crazy but it also won director character animation production design and music at the annies so mm-hmm. like it was like 
a big boy. But Marcel yeah. the Shell was Marcel the Shell was shoes on also won a few things. Like it won quite a bit. Like it won indie mm-hmm. feature voice acting over Pinocchio twice. So yeah. and it won indie feature. Um which yeah. So I mean, is everyone pretty confident that that is uh that that's the number one in animated? It would be um, the like shocker of the entire century if yeah. the if it didn't win. Like it's gonna. That's like that would be like if Shallow lost. Like that that's the kind of shock it would. Be. Okay, I do want to say last like during the twenty nineteen Oscars, I woke up that day and I was like, "What if Shallow loses?" Like I was like, <laughs> I was like, "This feels too easy." I people really I wrote, like. The voice. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I feel like people really like the voice performances of Marcel Deschamps with shoes on because of Jenny Slate, and I feel like if there was a voice acting category, I think it would win. Um, whereas like Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, I don't know why I'm saying the entire titles. We all know with that no, movie. No, it's the Disney I, Plus Pinocchio, obviously. Oh. Yes. Robert Zemeckis. It's, it's Drew Carey's Geppetto. Pinocchio. I feel like it's like more appreciative, like the craft and like the time he took to put into that. That people are like, oh yeah, that one. Um, I feel like each animated feature has like its own like special quality to it, which is nice of showing like the variation of animation and like what people appreciate about them. Um, but I feel like if there was a voice one, Jenny Slate would be an Oscar winner this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. I think. Like looking at our board, it's interesting because I think this is the one category where we have the most variety of rankings. I think for the a lot of the other categories, they're all very similar, but we're all kind of like juries out on. We all know that Pinocchio is winning, so I mean, everybody but Jillian has that as number one. <laughs> um, but um, like it's completely split otherwise, and I just think that's really interesting. Like, I personally have um turning red is my number two because i do think that if nothing else like it's got pixar working for it which is not to say that pixar has a perfect track record um it lost last year to encanto and honestly rightfully so um but the um i don't know i not to shamelessly plug but i wrote a little piece a little ditty um for oscar central on the case I would make for turning red. Um, I ended up talking about it during a work meeting um, this week and everybody agreed with me that like the technical aspects of Pinocchio are unlike anything else like we have in the entire season pretty much animated or otherwise but I just think turning red story is so well done that like it, it just upsets me that you know I feel like it's getting shuttered, not just because it's getting upstaged by Pinocchio, because that that's happening for all the animated films, but there were just so many things working against this movie that it didn't deserve, and that's always gonna that's always gonna upset me. I'm gonna yeah. go to my grave saying it's Turn just one of those better. things that it's like it's not the Pixar default. Like it's like it's better than that. It's better than because that's the thing is like. Pixar was having such a flop era before Turning Red. Like, you had Onward, which, frankly, I did not like. Um, You had uh, Toy Story 4, which should have never existed. 
Um, the fact that we were getting another Toy Story, and I'm like, look, I only care about that. And Toy Story is one of my favorite movies, like the original one. One of my favorite movies of all time. If Toy Story 5 isn't about these toys going to find Forky and burning him, then I don't want it. But, but if he's it is the about best them, character. He, he yeah. ruined everything. And you know what? Like, Bonnie sucks. I'm Listen, I would never call a real child a bitch. But Bonnie's a fake child and Bonnie's a bitch. Um, that's that's my quote. Anyway, yeah, Toy Story 4, not good. Um, Luca, which I think was mixed. I personally was not a fan of Luca. Soul was really, like, I think Soul was the only other, like, really good Pixar film we've got in the last, like, five years. And I think that we kind of forget Soul exists. Um, so, I mean, it just, like, was such what Kenzie was saying a departure from every other Pixar film but like in the best way like the animation style the storyline the music I mean it's all just so good so good I just love turning red yeah uh and then to finish off our features in one of the easiest categories of the entire night um is everyone pretty confident that uh, the quiet girl is going to win international. <laughs> I really think it's going to be close. I just want to say one thing and that EO is going to go down as one of the coolest nominations of all time. And in another year, I feel like it could have found a way to win. Mm-hmm. But I think that like the nomination is the win for EO, unfortunately. But in another year, it would have been in for cinematography and international feature and could have pulled off some crazy cool win. Mm-hmm. Um, it's essentially like Babe for a new generation. I don't know what to tell you, but um, like it, it's so good. I'm so glad it's there. I, I wish we could have all the donkeys participate in the telecast. Jenny, EO the works but um you know like the puppy bowl on thanksgiving we could have the donkey bowl the donkey bowl the year of the donkey um, um yeah i i mean i do think it's all quiet like it's in contention top three pitcher contender i don't think it's winning best pitcher i'm just saying like if you well, look it, at the yeah. way things are stacked it yeah, is up I, there it, the fact that it's nominated alone for best picture kind of just seals it yeah but um it's a definitely like one of the strongest wins and easiest predictions mm-hmm. um and kenzie i'll actually i'll actually let you start in the tech side of things for cinematography what is your top five uh well i have all quiet number one i feel like you can't look back on all quiet now because so it has kind of pulled ahead now that we've had more precursors post the top gun snub and nomination so like all quiet has bafta it has bsc like yeah it missed asc but like i like we don't have anything else that has this Mm -hmm. track record so i think it's like your default and i do think that like a lot of the um netflix conversation around it has transitioned to pushing the cinematography of it and there's like quite a few new billboards that are focused more on cinematography specifically and i think like that's a strong indicator that they're really going after it and i think elvis is number two 
um, because I think Elvis, it also has ASC, BSC, and then a BAFTA nomination. And like, there is a history to be made with the win if Elvis wins. And like, there is a history with her nomination, Mandy Walker. So, um, and I'm sorry, say what you want. Beautiful movie. Beautiful mm-hmm. movie. There are some great shots. I know Adriano <laughs> pretends it's ugly, but. I didn't say ugly. It's not. There's some I can can cherry pick some real rough shots. I'm just saying, cherry pick is the but there is some there are some dope shots in there. I'll give you that. Wouldn't nominate it, but I get it. It's no the whale, but um, I can't I can't think of any bad shots. His ankles, amazing shot. (laughs) (laughs) Worst movie theater experience of my life, but um, yeah, I I just don't think that like Bardo. Or Empire of Light are winning, and then Tar would be one of the coolest ones of all time. But I don't think it's winning. Like yeah. I think the nomination was the win for that, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree. Does anyone else have anything different? No, no, <laughs> pretty. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be a very constant with this. Uh, with a lot of these categories, it's like there's a clear winner, and then, um. And then everything else is behind, um, except I, for maybe. Oh, wait, what were you going to say? Yes. Cinematography. Everyone's been so mean about this lineup because it's not like we've all season we've seen like Avatar and like Top Gun and like the Batman and all these things. And it's like, I feel like this is a pretty solid cinematography lineup. And yeah. These are all very like recognized people. I would say Roger Deakins is the weakest of the bunch in Empire of Light, in my opinion. But it's like, I love that they kind of just went kind of crazy here and put like the least of what you would expect, like Bardo and Targeting. And I think the Elvis win would be really cool with the work. And I think an international feature winning Best Cinematography would be a really good milestone and like opening up more technical categories categories to a lot of international features because I think this year there's so many that I would have nominated that I think it's a good like opening to not just stuffing like an international film in the one international category and like not recognizing its technical achievement so I think that's what's mm-hmm. really cool about All Quiet's nominations this year yeah I think um, that, like this year shows the pattern that's been going on for like the last like seven or eight years where like the cinematography branch does their own thing. They don't care what is contending for picture or what is expected. Like, it's just like, like Empire of Light and Bardo still getting in. It's like, we care about the cinematography, not the movie. And I think that's really exciting. And, you know, never forget my Cold War nomination here. So, but great category. I don't know. I think they're all five. Like, I don't like Empire of Light, but I'm not as low on Bardo as everybody else. But Bardo cinematography, you cannot argue that it should not be here. Oh, yeah. No. It's, like, I, I mean, let's put it like this. In my personal lineup, the only only layover is all quiet on the Western Front, but I mean, Empire of Light, it looks good. Bardo, I don't like it, but it looks insanely good. Tar, I love it. Like, yeah, this is not a bad lineup. Yeah. Um, Going on to original score... I will let Adriano start. What is your lineup for original score? Um, I have Fableman's at five. I don't know why people are still trying to make that happen. Um, 
four I have Banshees, three Everything Ever Once, and I think it's really a race between Babylon and All Quiet, but I do have All Quiet in the West Front number one. I do think that um I think both scores are very like even if you don't love Babylon, I think that score is very easy to get behind. Um it's just kind of a question of uh which I mean, if we're talking about the movies, obviously I'll quite less for like tops, but uh, I think both scores are very easy to get behind and very like uh, infectious kind of scores. I just think I'll quite less for might have the edge just due to Babylon's status overall. Yeah. Uh, I have that same lineup pretty much. Um, I think oh, I am low key looking out for an everything ever once upset, but like not really. Um, I, I think everything people... everywhere to number three. I feel like if it like overperforms, that's somewhere it could like easily pick up because like the thing is like Babylon has kind of like won everything, and then when all quiet won BAFTA, it's like oh they're going all quiet, and I feel like there's a way that like someone who's having a better day than expected could like mm-hmm. pop in there, and like them getting the nomination was like kind of like oh like because like. The original song nomination, like the sound branch is like heavily like sound and music branches are like heavily into this movie also. And now mm. that this is opened up to everyone, it's like people could just be like checking at that point. And the score is actually so great. And it's one of the few scores that uses sound from the movies. And I love when scores do that. And um I just think that like I think like it's like Babylon, All Quiet, and Everything Everywhere are kind of like those top three. I think Babylon or All Quiet are more likely, but I do agree that like Everything Everywhere is something like you should keep your eye on. Like it's if it's overperforming, that's an easy place for it to pick up a win. And I think yeah. like it has like I don't know. I just feel like it could. And I do know every time I open Spotify because it's like one of the only scores I don't have saved from actually of this lineup i only have two saved but like it's like it's always pushing it and i'm like if they're doing that to other people like especially like people that are voting in the academy if they have spotify it's probably pushing it and if you do that and you listen to it i feel like you could easily vote for it yeah i agree and i think um especially for the first three it's like you said, they they are used in the movie. Because that's like the, the scene that everyone talks about from Everything Everywhere All at Once is like so score-driven. And then, of course, Babylon and All Quiet are basically just the score, like amplified by about 700. Um, does anyone else have any thoughts on original score? Um, I think that in my opinion... I think it really is between Babylon and All Quiet, where I can also see everything everywhere all at once coming in, just because I think like the Babylon for me, the Babylon and the All Quiet one kind of like replay in my head all the time. Mm-hmm. And the other ones, I have to like listen to them again to like accept the failed ones because I'm not listening to that, but like to kind of remind myself. Well, what um, could you listen to? There's that's no what I was going to say. The, the <laughs> I guess I'm listening to it right now. Um, but like Babylon, I just feel like Justin Hurwitz is just so like well known in the branch. And like that makes the most sense of like if they wanted to award Babylon, like to give it here. Because I think the music 
is so influential in the overall storytelling. Now, if people absolutely hated Babylon, then I could see it like missing. But like, I think if you just listen to the score without like the movie, but I think it's like the score really makes it. Um, even with like All Quiet, I think because it's right in the beginning of like been kind of mixed in with like the te- the more industrial noises, like it just really sticks in your mind and also helps tell the story in a way. Um, and I think that's his like 12th nomination. And so like, I could also see them like wanting to finally like award him here. But I feel like Babylon might be dependent on whether Academy members enjoyed it or not, or they're just like purely in for the music. But I think because it's the La La Land people like that also helps it here. Mm-hmm. Um. And I will and... say uh, Babylon is streaming on Paramount and I got like a million or Paramount plus and I got maybe 30 texts this weekend that people were finally watching it. So Babylon has reached the masses, folks. Uh, and, you know, the score, even if you're not a a music person, that is a that's a score. Big score. Um... It's going... a score that feels like a score. A score that feels like a yes. score. Yes. A score that like you listen to in your your headphones. It's like music. <laughs> uh, the music, Harry music. Styles. Like Sia's? music, as like Harry Styles would say while he's doing mm-hmm. a showy. It's like a thing that has instruments and the instruments are playing. And noise. It's like mm-hmm. something that like, just accompanies the story in a way that's not dialogue. oh god um and going from that to film editing um i'll start on this one i have everything everywhere all at once first elvis two top gun three banshees four and tar five um i i think this is a one of the rare occasions where most editing does equal the best editing. Um, And I don't think you can watch everything everywhere all at once without like noticing how sharp the editing is in that entire movie. Um, And so, yeah, so I've got it as my number one. And then Elvis is to me a clear number two, Uh, just because, I mean, the whole movie is just an edit. It's just one large montage edit which is great but um you had me (laughs) but that's also that's also you know the same thing for that one um but what's everyone thinking about uh best film editing um well i can already hear uh people listening shouting no the sound stat you can't you're not allowed to win editing without Mm -hmm. a sound whatever the fuck and like look what i keep telling people is basically you're betting against either the sound stat continuing or you're or you're betting you know on behalf of a sweeper like everything ever wants is like swept to the editing editing awards not just with like the majors but also like critic awards too like that's hard to think to bet against like maybe elvis or top gun wins and that you know sacred stat continues but like mm-hmm. i don't know man that, that that i think that's gonna break eventually and i think this is the year i think everything ever wants just you know it makes a lot more sense like as an editing winner you know like the editing like makes the movie yeah i mean the editing is the movie um but yeah does anyone else have any other thoughts any other thoughts of who they think is gonna win 
I think that like with film editing, I think Top Gun, and I know Adriano agrees with me on this joke, that it won stunts at SAG. It's winning Best Picture. Winning Best but, Picture. We, we should have listened to God <laughs> Snyder. <laughs> um, but I feel like it could actually win zero Oscars. Like, I think there's mm-hmm. a real chance mm-hmm. that Top Gun wins zero Oscars. And I know a lot of people think Top Gun is second in film editing, but I do think it's Elvis. Like, I think that, like, we're in a year where it's, like, two movies that have, like, the most editing are kind of, like, going at it. But I do wonder if that is where, like, something else has a chance to rise. Um, Like, I hope Banshees doesn't pull it off, because what are we talking about here? Other than it moves the story along. But I'm wondering if, like, maybe there's like a a a goal or like a smooth path for something to sneak in with all these movies that are like the flashiest editing but the thing is it's like i think banshees is looking at it's like worst case scenario with like one win at the oscars Mm -hmm. and it's like i don't think it could win like screenplay screenplay supporting actress and editing that feels weird Mm-hmm. Like, if it only wins screenplay, it's not winning screenplay and editing. That is too weird. And if it wins screenplay and, let's say, it surprises a supporting actress, because we're recording pre-SAG, so we don't know what's going on there. Um, I just, like, I feel like it's out, and it's, like, I don't know. But I, I do wonder if, like, there's something, there's, like, a path for something where it's, like, you have everything everywhere, Elvis, Top Gun... And even to an extent, tar with like this super flashy editing. If there's a way that like people are like, no, I like something where it's more subtle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's everything everywhere or Elvis. I just don't think anything else is really in contention because I think mean, Top Gun does have a shot, but I think I think I- it has a shot. And like I wouldn't be surprised if it won, but like right now, I really think that Top Gun is getting zero. I had one elsewhere, but not here. I just, like, I don't know. I feel like... (laughs) I feel like Top Gun... People are all talk. They want to be like, yeah, I like that movie because it made money and people went back to theaters. But I think, like... Hey, hold on now. (laughs) I think that it's the Don Draper effect. It's the... That's what the money was for. Like you're lucky to be here. I don't know what to tell you. Like, no offense to Scientologists, but I think that's what we got. Um, and for the next category, best original sound, or just best sound, best original sound. Um, <laughs> the best original sound. <laughs> Welcome to my movie called twilight new moon where it's just the audio of twilight new moon but i play every character and it will be nominated for best adapted sound i think original sound is easy but adapted sound that's a, mm-hmm. that's a competition best adapted sound wait that's so would elvis be would elvis be eligible in both because it utilizes a yeah. mix of would everything ever all once count as adapted because it has like that one scene with the Smash Brothers baseball <laughs> sound? Does okay, and would completely? if Tar was eligible in this category, could it be an adapted because it uses the Blair Witch scream? Yeah, I think legally, yes. 
wow jacob you just invented a new category we could have gotten so many more you think they're gonna do more than one sound category they best should never get sound, best adapted sound you know best animated have... sound you know how best we have, international uh... sound best documentary sound best <laughs> scary <laughs> sound best sound <laughs> short subjects best comedic sound best dramatic oh, sound best comedic sound would have we would have to go back in time and reward game night for the mix of rachel mcadams audio clip of oh no he died <laughs> yes it's good best performance um, by a sound in a leading role but you could do a supporting sound like you know there's like there's like um like the supporting visual effects like their two lives <laughs> But like you could do supported sound. You could best quiet sound, loudest sound. Best supporting sound goes to that clip that's going viral on TikTok right now of cars of that little car being like, what? <laughs> <laughs> where would um all quiet in the Western Front be? Because like quiet is in the title, but loud movie. Best l- original loud sound. Uh, <laughs> best sound that breaks the barriers. Breaking mm, a good one. Best war sound, trailblazing sound. Um, but for best sound, it seems like we have a lot of discrepancies. So I will let Lex start with this one. What are your top five and best sound? Um, let me make sure that I'm on the right tab because fun fact: when I look at our Oscar board, I have to quadruple check that I don't accidentally edit Adriano's because (laughs) I forget how to read, and I just my mind goes to pink, and Adriano and I are both pink. Okay. If Sound. Fraser if Fraser wins tonight, I'm just gonna say, ah, oh, Lex added in mine by accident. <laughs> um, okay. Best original sound. Um I have number one, the one that would be towing the line between original and adapted sound. Um, I have Elvis, then All Quiet on the Western Front, then Top Gun Maverick, then Avatar Way of Water, and then the Batman. Um it wouldn't surprise me if all quiet ultimately takes it because like it's a war movie and war movies i don't know how else to eloquently say this go boom and booms win win oscars um but i think elvis is actually a bit more of a technical feat when it comes to sound just because the way that it kind of blends the audio of original broadcasts from the era with the music with dialogue with i mean it's just a very well done i mean say what you want about the movie elvis itself say what you want about austin butler say what you want about anything but to deny that elvis is a technical feat in so many ways is just objectively untrue um so i do have elvis as number one it's gonna go to either elvis or all quiet at the end of the day um, I think if anything, uh, you know, I feel like Top Gun kind of falls into the same category as All Quiet. It's not really a war movie, but it's got Air Force. Um, so again, oh, airplanes, airplanes go broom. broom. Yep, airplanes go broom. Uh, military goes boom. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but pew-pew. exactly, it's got booms. It's got rooms. It's got pew pews. It's got the whole thing. Um, I think the package. fact that the Batman got nominated at all is really exciting, but because then we can say that the Batman is an Oscar-nominated film, 
but um, I don't think that it stands a chance at winning it. I think at the end of the day, it's going to go at either Elvis or All Quiet. Yeah. Um, I have I have All Quiet first, and I'm just basing it off the history where they love to go best war sound and best music sound and best uh, action sound. So that's why I have my top three is All Quiet, Elvis, and Top Gun. Um, but... I just I'm going with the war because um, I just think that All Quiet uh, has such a good shot and it's it's sound work is so good as well um, and especially because a lot of the Academy members pretty much all of them will probably have seen it in a theater which definitely changes like the perspective like of the sound work in that movie um, does anyone else have any thoughts on best sound. Uh, I do have Top Gun at one. Uh, I do feel like that movie. I, I don't know. It, I, I think it can win nothing, but it doesn't sound completely correct in my brain. Um, so I'm just gonna say it wins sound. I do think that's. I, I mean, you want to talk about a movie that people saw in theaters? Like everyone saw this movie in theaters. Um, and I think the sound is very like uh, easy to e- probably the easiest thing to go for when it comes to this movie. But also, I I, agree. I think all quite the left front is the safest bet. But I'm trying to be careful how many awards I'm, you know, giving to Alcoa on the Western Front, you know, because I'm, I'm going to say right now I'm predicting that it caps out at three and I already have it, you know, at three. So I'm going to say Top Gun takes this one. This is the one that I really think Top Gun could win, like if it wins one. I completely agree. Like everyone saw this in theaters, like not even just Academy members, but like everyone. And I think that like it's. Like, you can tell the work that went into it because they did so much stuff practically. And I think that, like, made the sound work a little more difficult for them. And I think, like, everything I've watched from the behind the scenes of Top Gun Maverick, like, the sound work is so impressive. Um, Like, what they did with it. Um, I do think Elvis could pull off a win here because I agree with Adriano. Like, how many wins are we giving All Quiet before we're, like, is it winning Best Picture? Yeah. I don't think we're in this space of like something winning like five Oscars and not winning Best Picture in 2023. Yeah, you need you um, need like a Dune to do that. I don't think. Yeah, it's yeah. Like I don't think that. I mean, like I can see it, but I just I'm not. It's in the realm to... of possibility, but like, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, exactly. Um. So if it wins, that's cool and totally deserved because I've every time I've seen All Quiet, it's been in a theater. I'm very lucky to have done that. Um, and the sound works incredible. I think that Elvis, though, because I do know a lot of Academy members have seen Elvis in a theater. And the sound work is incredible in that movie. Like, it is so overwhelming. And like Lex was saying, I don't think you can deny that this is a technical feat here. Um, I... I really think it could be any of these top three contenders. Like right now I have Elvis, I think. I'm not looking at my list. I think I have Elvis. And uh, I feel like Top Gun or All Quiet or Elvis, any of them winning would be super deserved and super likely in the realm of possibilities. Like truly. Um, While Bill Nye looks great. Great. Um I want to add to the sound like I too have All Quiet and Elvis and I think the main differentiation between the two is if people saw All Quiet in a theater because I think it's a very different 
experience and like the one thing I did really like about Elvis was how you hear different things coming in at different times from all around the theater um to where like I think I mentioned this on another podcast where it's like I thought someone was talking but it was the sound um and I don't know that one just that's like the one thing I really liked about the movie um but like all quiet like I know it's a war film but I feel like the way they layer and that's why I wish we had sound mixing and editing like as two separate categories because I think all of these do like them very differently um it's just like the way that they layer all the sounds on top of each other and especially that opening sequence which is one of the best parts of the movie where it's like you go from like the battlefield to like the sewing machines and like the guns and it's like there's never one point where it's too distracting and overstimulating like a lot of war films and it's not really focusing on like the sound of war and like overindulging itself it's just like very strategic um and I think like with Elvis it's more overstimulating but not in a way where like you're totally drawn out like you're in the midst of like a Baz Lerman film and like the lifestyle of Elvis where I think it helps and I think same thing with Top Gun of seeing that in a theater like you're really placed directly as if like you're in with Tom Cruise like flying which I really appreciated about it um I just wish there was like an exploration or like an expansion of like sound categories because it's like these all do different things that would be good to reward like all of them yeah I agree that's but that's a that's an insane idea to try to do more than one sound category um, for some reason. Um, but Jillian, you can start on the production design. What do you have for your top five right now? Um, let me find this page. Okay, I have Babylon as one. It's been kind of sweeping everything. Um, so it's like that's where I got a torn between score and production design because I think. I don't think Babylon will walk home like empty handed. I think it will be Academy Award winner Babylon, but I don't know if they want to appreciate it in score or production design. Um, So I have that as number one. And then I have Avatar as two, because I think like the entire like third um, act, like when they're on the ship and everything. I don't know. I just love that part of the movie. And I think people just don't like contextualize like that is like real and what is fake with Avatar. And I think that would be a cool win. Um, I have All Quiet at three, but I might switch that out for Elvis because I think like Catherine Martin could pop- possibly take two Oscars home that night. And I I really like all the production design and technical categories within Elvis. And I kind of want to like move it up higher because I think that's where it might sweep. But I think those are like my top three and then everything Oh, oh no, the Fableman's like five because I don't get, get it. it. <laughs> I get it, but I'm like I don't get it. It's I think it's dumb. It's just it's like really very, I love the movie, but come on. It's just like not even like subtle where you're like, oh my god, like that's cool. It's like okay, oh. um, but like the Babylon, I don't. I just think Babylon's gonna win something, and it's either here or score. So like yeah. Babylon winning over Elvis at the ADG is like wild to me but what's more wild to me was everything everywhere winning over avatar um because that is quite shocking um 
I just think that Babylon winning ADG and then BAFTA kind of like feels undeniable. Like that is the move. Um, But I do like it's weird because I think that um, I would say I feel like Elvis is number two and then all quiet but i don't really know if i i don't know i feel like it's between elvis and babylon mm-hmm. i just feel like avatar needed to win adg to be really considered and i do think that like if people would watch all these behind the scene featurettes on how they made so much stuff and how much of it was practical and like really built that they would be far more impressed with it. But I feel like people are a little lazy and think it's just like visual effects and that's mm-hmm. that. Um, but the I feel like a lot of people just forget that Elvis was done in the midst of COVID, like the very beginning of COVID and everything was built. And that team did such a great job. Um, I think like the Beale Street sets are so impressive. And like, if you look, go back and look at things she recreated and things that like she wasn't able to get um archive use of and had to like start from scratch it's so impressive um and I think people know that I do think though that the differences that her previous wins Catherine Martin are for much more flashy work um Gatsby and Moulin Rouge are way more flashy and Elvis is flashy but like she is doing a lot of recreations versus like building these original flashy sets. Um, and I think that like classroom design is her flex of being recreations and also very flashy and like original ideas also because they did a lot of original work. Um, but Babylon is like recreations, original iterations, and it's very creative. And I think that the scene of them with the multiple movie sets is, like, just, like, check. Mm-hmm. Like, it's more than enough. And I also think, like, once again, a COVID production that large of scale is very impressive that they were able to pull it off. Like, and I do think that that's a thought process. I think that's what works so well for specifically All Quiet, Elvis, and Babylon because they were all, like, COVID productions or Top Gun was like before um and i feel like the fable i don't even know when the fablemans was it was during it was during okay was not a feat did not seem like a feat for that movie same with avatar i don't know but like i feel like with those three avatar was before and during (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean that one is scale and i also like don't know what people like sat through three hours of avatar where i think like the big spectacle is the third act where you see everything come together but i think like for babylon all quiet and elvis like it just adds a different another layer for like every category they're in for technical that it was during covid and like you wonder like how did they do this and i think it's easy to forget that because it's done so well um but like i don't know there's such good spectacles in their own way i think especially for babylon it's like if you don't make it to the third hour of babylon then you still like you still understand like the score and the production design like if you make it 15 minutes into that movie you're like okay well these are like the highlights of the film 
Um, and so like for me, I think it's just, I, I think it's with that. It's with the, um, the singing in the rain sequence and um, even the hello college is all like just designed and set up so well. Um, McGuire's underground party. Yeah. His that. dungeon. The yeah. asshole of Los Angeles. Yes. I, I think like the, the beginning of the film party and that all the parties just I think mm-hmm. that's just the big part of it. Yeah. That worked well. Um and for our last tech category, we will finish with Kinsey. Go over your costume design um predictions. Uh costume design right now. I have Elvis at number one. Black Panther Wakanda Forever at number two, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, number three, Everything Everywhere at four, and Babylon at five. Um, Elvis, I just, like, the Costume Designers Guild, we're recording on the 26th, it's the 27th, so tomorrow. Um, But I think Catherine Martin, like I was saying, like, I I think that, like, her work is undeniable here. I think that um, people who are interested in fashion know that she collaborated with Prada Mumio for exclusive looks for um specifically Priscilla but various characters throughout the film and a lot of it was recreations obviously for all the characters but a lot of it was like original looks just inspired by the decade and I think that's something you really have to point out with Elvis this movie is the only one in this category that spans like four decades and no other movies doing that and it is decades with very specific fashion um, I do think that's a reason I would argue for everything everywhere, but we are not at a stage where they are rewarding modern costume design. And it's, I think, a travesty because I think modern costume design is undeniable. But personally, I think this is somewhere that everything everywhere could like surprise. Like I would not predict it, but I think that um, it's great work. It has so many layers to it i just think that Catherine martin's like undeniable and then like on top of it you have black panther wakanda forever ruth carter former winner for the first black panther she is a legend name alone um but mrs harris goes to paris like you have to consider it and then babylon i think that babylon really suffers from people being upset at the period accuracy um, I do think it's great costume work. And I think a lot of people don't realize the scope of the costume work because it is hundreds of extras at all times. Um, and I think that like the suiting is really beautiful. And like, there's a lot to say about like what the characters are wearing and how it works with their story um, within the film. But I just think it's the weakest of the five. I could say that and then it went. But I think that Catherine Martin is coming for another Oscar in this category. And I think this will be the year she breaks her stat of winning in pairs. But I think she I think she's safe in this category more than any of the other two categories she's in. So um Adriano made a face because he thinks Elvis is winning Best Picture. And I'm really sorry that I, I spoke out oh, against you. Kenzie and her fibs. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think I, I think this race is a little tighter than you think, uh, Kenzie. Um, I do think Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Like, I, I'm really, I'm really like flipping a coin between these two, honestly, because they're both going to win. Uh, I, I mean, okay, unless everything everywhere wants just wins Costume Guild, but they're both going to win the Costume Guild award most likely. Um, and I do think that there's like pros and cons for both of them. I do think that. I, I don't think it's a valid criticism, but I do think there are, are going to be people who like 
you know, kind of dummies uh, who are going to look at the Elvis's uh, Elvis's uh, costume design and be like, well, that's not costume design. That's what he wore. And I'm like, I don't think that's fair, but like, I do think that is going to be a thought. But at the same time, Black Panther, Connor Forever, it's not a Best Picture nominee. Elvis is. So like, I think that's an edge that Elvis clearly has. I mean, for it's such a tight one. I think Black Panther's a little showier, but I'm going with Elvis for now. But man, that that one that one's tough. It really is. Yeah, I um, I agree. I have Elvis, and I think it's not just Elvis. It's like Elvis and everyone else around yeah, him. I, I should clarify. Like, yeah, I, I'm a. I, I know. Like, I, I agree with. Like, I wouldn't have nominated, but like, I definitely agree with the nomination itself. Uh, despite my feelings for the movie, I, I just I do think there are going to be some people who are like, well, that's just she just recreated. Well, um, on that, does anyone else have any final thoughts on costume design? I don't think it's going to win, but I like the recreation of the Dior um, archive. I was literally about to say the same thing. Like, I think, like, I wish more people saw the movie and it's on Peacock. It's streaming on Peacock. (laughs) And it's so charming. Like, it's nothing to really, like, write home about, but it's so charming. And, like, as someone who specifically, like... I don't pretend to be some fashion connoisseur, but like I specifically have a soft spot, soft spot in my heart for Dior and just the recreations of like Dior's most iconic time. It's just, it's so gorgeous. Like the costumes in that movie are, I know it's not going to win, um, but I got, I got to give love to Mrs. Harris Goods Paris. Yeah, well, I think it's, like, it's just so hard to, like, find archives of that time for Dior. And, like, I just am in all of their work. Only Johnny Bevan. Only Johnny Bevan. Yeah, um, but they're able to this? recreate. And you're like, I want all of these. I want to, like, I want to see these on a red carpet. I want to see people wearing them. I'm so curious what Jenny Bevan wears to the Oscars because she always wears something, like, on theme with Do you think, her like, nomination. She'll... She's got to wear a Dior. Right, I still wear the dress that was burned. (laughs) (laughs) I really hope she does something like a like a. I don't know if she'll do like a classic Dior suit that might be too boring, um, for her. Not, I mean, not for us. Like for her, I wonder if she'll do like a take on one of the dresses in suit form or something. Like, but um, beautiful nomination and great movie. Like literally so great if you're sad like i feel like all of us got hit with something last week not good vibes in the air um great movie to turn on and great movie feel the love um but i totally agree like pulling like recreating anything from an archive of that time period is just so impressive and like the craftsmanship of it i know it's like a movie about that but like to be able to pull that off to where I feel like even if you don't know what goes into dressmaking or what goes into a Dior gown um, or like the special qualities of a designer gown like that, I just think that like that movie really nailed showing the detail behind it. And um, I really love it. I know a lot of people are like, she got nominated because she picks up nominations like nobody's business, (laughs) but it was very deserved. And I really wish she could bring Leslie Manville in the dress. Or like, can this be the year they do that thing again, where they like do the dis- like the thing on stage, with like various looks from each movie, like do that. Hire me to direct the Oscars. It's fine. I'll only promote Oscar Central three times <laughs> throughout the telecast. It's fine. 
Um, but I'm really curious, like, what happens at the CDG tomorrow? See who wins big and, like, but I do think it's Catherine Martins, if I'm being serious. But what do I know? Um, And it is 7 o'clock Central Time right now, so that means SAG Awards are just now starting. Uh, so before we wrap it up, Kinsey, give us one thing that will happen at the SAG Awards. It can be anything you can think of. A win, someone saying they're an actor, whatever you want. Austin Butler winning and Katie Kwan saying, and I'm an actor. Lex, what about you? One thing from the SAG Awards. Darren Chris will reenact his iconic moment of the SAG Awards 10 years ago where he said, I'm Darren Chris and I'm an acorn. I don't even think Darren Chris is attending the SAG Awards this year, but um Jillian, one thing from the SAG Awards. I want Lydia Tarr to make a guest appearance back from her cancellation. <laughs> Adriano. Uh, Michelle Yeoh wins and then Kate Blanchett in character rushes the stage. Um, and I think uh, I think we'll get a nice shot of Brendan Fraser standing up and clapping and saying, I'm an actor. Um, I'm so sorry. Can I make one other prediction? No. Please? Okay. <laughs> uh, Jamie Lee Curtis will stand up and say, I'm Jamie Lee Curtis and I'm all of us. Oh yeah, because she did. Angela Bassett will win, and well, she say, will, "I did the thing." I did the thing. She said that, she did that last, last night. night. Yeah, yeah. I I guarantee that. Um, I guarantee that the SAG will tweet out Angela Bassett did the thing if she wins. Um, which by your Angela Bassett did the thing stickers at the Oscar Central Shop, Kinsey. Where can people find you online? Um, you can follow me everywhere at Kinsvenuno. Lex, where can people find you? You asked me that mid Olipop swig, which what a lovely time to say. Um, this is not sponsored by Olipop, but it could be. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Alexis Willie, W I L L I underscore. I am on Letterboxd. I don't know my Letterbox name, just type Lex Williams. And then um on at TikTok at, at Moonshoes Lexi. Jillian, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Jillian Chili and TikTok at Offscreen with Jillian. Adriano, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Adrian Caparuso, Letterboxd, uh, just Adriano Caparuso on YouTube, Adriano Caparuso. You can find me online at tberry57 uh, on Letterboxd, Twitter, everywhere. You can find the show at Oscars underscore central on Twitter and at oscarscentral.com. Um, and until next time, when next week will be the actual prediction show. So uh, that'll be a good time. We'll have everyone back on to actually do our final predictions for the Oscars. But until next time, that is the show. <laughs>